Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're at the new studio with everything set up. As people are starting to see, I'm a Mickey Mouse connoisseur. I have a Mickey Mouse <laughs> tattoo, telephone, Keith Haring. And uh, I'm actually here with my first ever guest before even like podcasting. When I was had a radio show, you were my first guest ever, actually. Like, and I, uh, it's me, the voice the, of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> the voice of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How cool would that be, though? Your yeah. first guest is like, hi, kids. <laughs> That'd be wild. <laughs> no, sorry. I interrupted your spiel. No, no worries. This is free flowing podcast. But I was one of your first interviews before you were like even official, a, yeah, official. Even like a podcast. When I was at a high school radio station. Yeah, bro. And uh, for my. Um, an assignment I had, I had to interview like my idols. I ended up being able to interview you and Brooke, which is yeah, which is an awful cheat to be like my <laughs> idols. It was crazy, nobody though, believed man. you, but yeah, you know. yeah, man. But it's wild because I feel like no one realizes ninety two point. Oh, by the way, this is Jose Bolaños. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jose Bolaños, Brooke and Jeffrey in the morning, moving at a two point five. Yes. Uh, Twitch streamer, stand up comedian, hell yeah, radio personality, a little bit of everything. Cool guy, cool guy. <laughs> yeah, so, cool guy. But I don't, I don't feel like people realize that it's ninety two point five in Bellevue because you guys have like the fucking yeah slogan of. Seattle's, Seattle's number one yeah. music station, and we broadcast in Seattle. And yeah. there is a big cluster of stations that iHeart owns in Seattle. That's actually mm -hmm. close to here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so most people just assume, but yeah, we're actually in Factoria and the T-Mobile towers. Yeah, which is pretty funny because people are always shocked. They're like, "Wait, in the towers?" I'm like, "Yeah, man. Yeah, it's not just T-Mobile. There's there's radio stations in there and lots of stuff." I, cuz I, I went to Mercer in high school and like I got hired cuz I interviewed you guys and like a month later I got hired while I was still in school. Yeah, that's so right. So, I was able to just like commute. It was like a 5-minute commute to So the nice. I, I can't imagine, dude. Yeah. Well, and that's cool because you know, you showed passion for radio yeah. and broadcasting and you know, obviously you're in the right industry. So. Yeah, man. Dude, I was I went back to my high school last Thanksgiving to like be like one of those um, guest speakers. Oh, okay. <laughs> at, my, okay. at my like radio, my old radio class. Yeah, and, like, yeah. At the end of my whole spiel, I was like, "Does anyone have any questions?" Not a single hand went up, oh. and I was like, "Fuck!" It kind of dawned on me that like a lot of the kids do might if there is a radio program at their school, they'll do it. Yeah, but it's kind of like PE almost, like where they're yeah, just doing it's it to, like. What's going to be easy? Yeah. What can I get an A or a B and just coast? I can show up stoned and fucking kick it. <laughs> yeah. And the irony is, is now you when you show up stoned, <laughs> you make the most money. <laughs> oh, your show's actually funny. No, I'm kidding. I'm... No, we discourage drug use in the office. But uh, oh. no. <laughs> You'd think. That's the thing. I feel like there is. That's what's so crazy about when I learned more about radio, that there is way more structure than yeah. you assume. Oh my gosh. Well, especially a show like ours. Like, mm -hmm. um, to be honest, the laziest shows don't do well and they don't stick around. Right. You know, people think this is kind of interesting to think about, but people think you just turn on the mic and you just talk and you and everything sounds amazing and clean. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other end, if a show is produced well enough, yeah. And it sounds like you did just turn on. That's a good thing. Right. Like when people think we do the phone taps live yeah, yeah. or the second date updates, that's amazing. Yeah. Because there's a different level of magic in their head happening. They're like, this is happening live. How is he hitting every funny thing? How do they mm -hmm. beep that swear word? Wait, did it? and they, they, they don't realize, oh, this is recorded, then edited, then beeped and whatever. Yeah. Um, but even that is hard to do. 
You know what I'm saying? Dude, for <laughs> you, I feel because you you do Twitch and you do comedy, which is where you can be like yourself. Yeah. So that's like a mental like. Is that a what's that word? You have to like. Do you have to like code switch then? Well, Would you say it's code of. switching in the well, studio. It is different because when I'm on Twitch, I'm the I'm the lead host. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's my show. You know, it's all it's like you right now. Yeah, it's yeah. your show. So. um I'm the one making sure cameras looking good and everything's all set up. Levels are looking good. And I guide that experience. Um, and that is different because I'm guiding, I'm, I'm, I'm organizing a video game and a chat and trying to incorporate impressions and improv. Like mm. even like I did, did right now, it's like, Oh, showing up and doing drugs, playing <laughs> off of what people yeah, yeah, yeah. say. Yeah. That's what I like to do. And that's what I'm good at. So I love making people laugh. Um, so it is a switch because I have different roles on different shows. The Twitch show is me playing video games, guiding. I'm, there's actually a lot more focusing while I'm streaming than ever. Mm -hmm. If I just like normal video games, if I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Quiet, too zoned in. That's not good after like a minute because you need to be talking or interacting. When I do the radio show, I'm the third mic. Right. So I'm more of a reacting role. I more play off of something you say and just say something funny and then back out. Um, and then when I do stand-up comedy, I'm guiding um, a whole room yeah. live. And so that's that's an even Dude, different that broke piece. my, like, what's the right word? I don't know if impression, maybe. That almost broke my impression of you because like I grew up, uh, like I was like one of those people that was like obsessed with um, the show. The show, um, <laughs> dude. I like yeah. I'd like work out to it. When you guys had created the app, I would like. You were like hell yeah. Yeah, I, got I was mobile now. Every, everything. So then the I I show up late with my friends to your show at um was it Crucita or Muckleshoot? I oh, don't remember. Oh yeah, the, the one I just recently. Yeah, had. yeah. Oh yeah, that was at Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot, yeah. dude. And I was like the first thing I do when I walk in. Is like you're you're talking about like smoking weed, and I was like, oh shit, what? <laughs> I thought you just like, even yeah. though like I've experienced being in radio and stuff, I still felt like the childhood thing of like you just go, you just do your show, and then you go home, and like you're in like a chamber. Yeah, and, and then I'm you... just like <laughs> I'm, I'm just silly innocent Jose. Yeah, no, I think that's what I like um, about comedy and Twitch and and Kick as well. By the way, if anybody's oh, watching, yeah. Kick.com slash Jose, Twitch.tv slash slash Jose. Um, I like that. And even things like this, bro, because I can swear yeah. and I can be normal and people, it trips people out, but people also really like it. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, this is normal Jose. Like this is what you're like when you're hanging out. When I'm at a baseball game or I'm doing something, I'm like, what the fuck? And yeah. they're like, it's so weird to hear him say that, you know, just yeah. like to swear or talk about smoking weed or mm -hmm. whatever. When I used to drink, I have, I'm sober. It's been over four years now. Hell yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I, I used to be just, wasted on stage and taking shots with the crowd and and people also love that because it's like i listen to this guy every morning and then they get to go to the comedy show buy a drink and literally take a shot with me and get a big old hug you know yeah, yeah. so i do i do like uh entertaining in all different forms because the radio show is obviously the most family friendly mm -hmm. uh, and then i can be a little bit more like my own darker humor right. or just you know my own more cutting edge i guess you know a little more vulgar do friends and family see a uh... Uh, like a voice switch because like when i <laughs> i feel like um <laughs> i have a soft voice already but like everyone is like dude as soon as you go on your mic you're like talking to them like all <laughs> soft and like i don't realize it but like or like i just interviewed uh, the, my friends just opened a bar in ballard called shibuya cool and it's like based off uh, shibuya japan which is a a real city a real city yeah that's the first thing i thought of they're um they, it's called a, it's a hi-fi bar they have so it's focused on like DJing and oh. like vintage records and shit. Okay. And they they have this like listening room where you have to take your shoes off and everything and it's soundproofed. 
Legit. And we ended up doing a, a podcast there, and everyone was like, you really set the mood, and you're like, so soft. <laughs> <laughs> just like, but no, for you, like, how's that experience? I'm already a loudmouth. Um, I think that, I don't think that I put on a voice, but I do think that I sound more radio, depending on, like, what I'm doing on the station. Like, okay, so if we're just in the middle of a talk break, I'm just going to talk like this and, yeah. you know, laugh or whatever. But when they give you liners, uh, which is what they're called, like things to read that are going to be played on the station throughout the day, mm -hmm. then I do think that there's kind of a radio voice you fight against. Yeah. You know, that's just like, hey, you're listening to Moving at a 2.5, Seattle's number one hit music. And I'm like, no, that's not so corny. <clears throat> hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You got to shake it out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> give myself a laugh. And then it's like, you're listening to Moving at 2.5 Seattle's number one hit music station like yeah but I do I have noticed especially like when my lose my voice or my voice is just going through it a little more like when it's grainier and I'm fighting yeah. to talk sometimes sometimes it sounds like this because I'm just like <laughs> sorry man you know <laughs> and that's what I've oh. noticed like I've heard myself back on things even like phone taps and I'm like holy shit I just I, my voice was gone that week I remember now right I can hear it back and it's just like hey yeah this is Jose for Brooke and Jeffrey in the morning moving I do point five and it's just like whoa <laughs> yeah it's weird what is wild because like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I just nerd out over radio shit and podcast shit. And when I've ever I've seen your your guys like clips that you do post on YouTube, mm -hmm. it's a, I know I, I know I heard you've talked about it before, but like you keep your mic like all the way down here when you're yeah. talking. Yeah. And with the cool Mackie setup, thank you for sponsoring. Shout this. out to Mackie. Powered by Mackie and Power yeah, this is completely powered by Mackie. Powered yeah. by Mackie. Um, I'm a good host. There we go. Yeah, hell, sorry. Hell yeah. Said it wrong. But um, is that it's a mixture of your voice, but also do you think it's like a mental thing of being the fourth mic where you're supposed to sound farther away? Because it's something I've been thinking about. Like yeah. Well, uh, so now I'm the third mic. I was the fourth mic right. for a long time. But, 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 but my role has still stayed. Like, mm. the laugh is always going to be that thing in the back you can rely on, that energy that's just going to maintain, right? Because mm. that's just who I am already. Uh but what they did was they programmed my mic differently for it to sound a little bit more hollow mm. and for me to sound farther away no matter what. So uh, I really am like this far, maybe like, it, you're right, maybe it's like down a little bit, yeah, like yeah. right here. But everybody's is like that. Right. But when I'm like, <laughs> the way it cones into the, into the, whatever, it just sounds so, they actually flew somebody out, this is sad, yeah. from New York, who, from the company, not Mackie, <laughs> from the company that yeah. had designed all the mics and everything and, and gave us it. And he literally came out just to listen to our room and make sure that it was perfectly calibrated. Mm -hmm. And they just really adjusted my mic. It was the main reason he flew out was just to get my mic right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm good. But the funny thing is, is when I do phone taps, I switch to a regular mic. Got it. Because it's supposed to be a phone call. So it has to be a clear line. Like I can't be sounding like I'm in the back of a room, you know? Yeah. So it is a little bit different um, with the audio, like the, how we play. It's, you know, if we're in a regular break with four voices, we're going to have me on the regular mic. Uh, yeah. On my mic. What was the decision between like the different mic placements since like when it was like when it switched over to Brooke and Jeffrey? Yeah. Was that, was there ever like a conversation where it was like Brooke and Jose? Unfortunately not. Uh, that's a great question. And I get asked that a lot. Yeah. And um, yeah, I. You know, I wish there was at least a discussion. I wish I'd, I'd like to say that they 
came to me and said, hey, what are your thoughts? I know a lot of people just assumed me being on the air for that long, yeah. being next to Brooke, next to Jubal, that it would be my time. Um, but here's the thing. Um, I don't think it would have been a good decision to put me first. I think that someday I will be the lead or I could be the lead of my own show. Mm. But the dynamic we have... I've always been the reaction guy and we wanted to keep the laugh. And if I'm doing most of the talking or cracking the mic on every break, it's going to be weird for me to talk and then Brooke say something. And then a third or fourth mic, like Alexis say something and me laugh and laugh, then guide. Mm -hmm. Now look, that's all theoretical. I know it could happen. And one yeah. day I, I probably, again, hopefully I will have my name in a show. Um, but I think management thought that immediately and they were like, you know, cause Jeffrey has been a producer on the show alongside our executive producer since before I got on, mm. he's been on the show for a minute. So he knows how to produce the segments from the inside out. And he had the same type of low energy that Jubal had. And I think what happened was when Jubal got fired, it was like, look, let's keep the same similar title. Let's keep the same kind of energy. Let's keep the show as similar as we can because it is the same show. Well, same producers, same mic, same editors, same everything. It's dude, just no Jubal. Dude, I was like, I was there when all that shit was going on. Dude. It must have been weird, huh? Dude, yeah, because I never... Hella drama, dude. Are you, even, you're not, are you even allowed to talk about that or no? I mean, I am now because... Um, it's been like four, four three yeah, years. Yeah, well, there was a court case. He, he ended up suing the company um, after he got fired, and so we weren't allowed to talk about anything. Um, but he ended up losing that lawsuit. So technically, I'm allowed to talk about it, but there's not much to talk about, really. I, you know, Jubal pretty much... The short story is Jubal... Um, it seems like right when Jubal met his wife, he immediately... That's what I heard. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people would agree is... And they got divorced recently. Yeah, they did, unfortunately, man. I feel bad for him. But, yeah. but at the time, I think he was like, she's the one. It's us against the world. And it seemed like he created that. Like, he wanted it. Like, he wanted to turn his back on the show. He wanted to turn his back on his friends. He wanted to turn his back on mm. the world. You know, like, and it was like no one was attacking him but i think in his head it felt that way and i think he had with his wife she was reassuring some of those feelings now i'm completely guessing bro i i have no idea yeah i met her a few times she was always nice to me it was very much like hi hi how's it going hi hi but there was a big change and um jubal pretty much i th i think wanted to bring her into our show what and failed miserably and then got himself fired to you know, to be like, fine, then fire me and pay me. And then I don't think that that ended up even have the paying part because wow. he was fired with cause. So then, but you know, I thought he quit that. There's like so no. many stories. Like, no, he'll was... tell you, he talks about it in his comedy shows. Like he made a point from what I heard to go out and be like, don't let them tell you I quit. They fired me. And we were like, yeah, wow. they did, bro. Like you, you got yourself fired. I thought like, can I say what I heard when I was working? This sure. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. I mean, honestly. I was, I heard that like, he didn't like your producer, Steven, mm -hmm. and then got him fired or something. Yeah. And then there was like some weird, like, um, this might be, the, and this is just my perspective. Yeah, yeah, be, the rumors. Fuck, what is that word called? Um, what is that thing where uh, Liam Neeson, when someone like Bri, like they're like holding someone. Blackmail. Bla no, is it blackmail? No. Oh, when they hold a piece of information maybe against it's, you, it's blackmail. Maybe it's blackmail. No, Liam what is Neeson's that? What is the money part called? Laundering. No, no. When you're like holding, like I'll give you back your ransom, rant, rants, ransom. Yeah, like type holding thing. a ransom. Yeah, I thought he was doing a thing where he, I thought he said something like, 
if you fire Steven, I'll stay at the show or something like that. Yeah, it, it, it started coming down to things like that where I and I think it wasn't just our producer. Um, he just wanted like all he was like, well, I think he realized that our, so our producer is phenomenal at his job. Mm. Multi Emmy award winning producer from Fuck TV. Yeah. So this isn't just a regular guy. He's brilliant. One of the smartest guys I've ever met. Um, and he has a, a, a structure for the show, the way it's recorded. And we work hard and we work long days. Yeah. And we were winning so fucking much. Like our lead was a 30 share, which yeah. is nuts. Getting a 30 share in radio is unreal, especially at post pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Numbers are climbing back towards there. But before it was like, but we had a 30 share lead, my guy, which means like over 50% of everybody in the city, no matter what your age, sex, mm. you know, ethnicity was, you knew and were listening to our show. Like it was crazy. Yeah. So I think Jubal, and I can see his point that was like, look, why are we still working freaking nine, 10 hour days? Why am I here right. from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. when we are just destroying? We could be on replays for six months and we would still be winning. Like, Dude, you guys did that too. So I, during, dude, Well, I was, I was, during the transition. Yeah, dude, had to, I'm just saying I was like so like. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that that was his point was, A, if I get rid of the producer, I don't got to work these stupid hours. I have more control. Um, and Steve, you know, wasn't going to like, bend to everything like you know our producer will sure how can i help make this better but if there's something he can't do it's like you know it, it you know it'd be like him saying i don't want to do the phone taps anymore it's like well you have to right. you are the phone tap guy for 10 years you know yeah. like um so anyway i'm just assuming things but yeah i'm assuming that jubal just was like look i don't want him here i don't want this person here i just want to do a show with my wife and if you want to make that happen and i'm i'm the biggest star you guys have you guys can't live without me so they try well they tried to do a podcast oh. and it wasn't good um but again he is coveted and he got a job like that's the thing it's you know he knew his position was look it's a win-win-win if i get fired without liability then they may pay me the three years remaining on my contract which could have right. been millions or they fire me and that's okay I'm going to get another job. He knows everyone in radio. Everybody knows how big Brook and Jubal was. Yeah. So he knew he was going to get another job. And he did. And, you know, now he competes across the street. You know what I mean? And our show's still number one. Yeah, like, do you guys actually compete? Though? Not really. But, you know, <laughs> it, what I'm saying is, is you know, I, I always tell people, like, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because he got what he wanted. Maybe now in retrospect, he may regret a couple things, I, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, now that they're getting divorced and he's had to bring on other people and there's been like seven different people hired and fired on his show and yeah. it's just crazy. Um, yeah, I'm assuming, but I, I'm just happy that it worked out for everyone. Like at that moment, he wasn't happy on our show anymore. He got to go. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so he's happy and could do a show with his wife. Yeah. Now for us, we were happy that the negative energy and the, you know, all that shit drama was gone finally yeah. and that our producer was brought back yeah. and the team was back together and we immediately can start working. I was excited for opportunities. Now some of them never arose. Like I thought maybe I'll get the first mic or maybe I'll get my name in the show or whatever. But are you like, are you someone who's able to speak up for themselves or like, I mean, I, kind of like... well, that was my agent's job. You know, yeah, I, I, mean... I told my agent during negotiations, like it's really important to me. I told management, this is really important to me. Yeah. I told them the show, this is important to me. And you know, everyone was like, well, it's not important. 
Like, not you're not important, but like it's not important. Like changing the name, like we're winning right now. Why yeah. I get it. Why fix something that's not broken? Now, to me, that's important to me in my life and my life goals. Right. So I will move on eventually and I will get my name in a show of a place that wants me. But at the time, it was also like I have a bigger role. I'm able to do more impressions. Now, mm -hmm. I also, again, I was selfish. I wanted to do all the phone taps. I wanted to be the phone tap guy because yeah. I have all those characters and impressions and the energy. Um, but they decided, and I think it's smart, to let's show everyone that as at a well-produced show, everyone can be funny. Right. Like, I still feel like I'm the funny guy, like I'm the silly, immature one. Yeah. But, like, Brooke can do a phone tap. You know, yeah. Jeff can do a phone tap. Like, it's not just one dude who's, like, a genius at it. We all can, can work at it and practice and get better. And, again, you know, people don't understand, but we're not live. So right. I can do a 15-minute awful phone tap and we have the most amazing editors that can go jose listen i got it down to five minutes listen to it now yeah, yeah. and it actually sounds funny and it makes sense and i'm like what the fuck like yeah. so there's a lot of radio magic that goes involved that's involved but anyway just to end the jubal thing i you know i you know he did reach out to me even recently so and, are you guys are, are and, you guys cool then? uh well yeah we're cool that's yeah. what i'm getting at is you know he didn't say anything to anybody me and like damn all of his closest friends that I know, like he cut off everyone in his life, bro. Damn. From what I know, almost. I mean, his agent, his comedy agent, like, cause we shared a lot of the same ages. Like I have a couple, two different agents, you know? So there was a lot that happened, but um, he has recently reached out to me and a couple other friends that I know. And I think, you know, I think he's in the, in the process of healing right now and, and him and his, that whole thing with his wife. And yeah. he did tell me like, Hey man, you know, I was trapped in that relationship is very toxic and I apologize, you know, and it's like, I wish it would have been more of like a, I was a bad friend. I could have right. said hi one time in the last five years. I'm an adult and I still have my own phone. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, I, I told him exactly. I'm like, dude, I appreciate you're reaching out and you're actually just putting it out in the world for forgiveness. And of course, like, you know, I forgive you and I'll always thank you and appreciate you because he was the reason I got my foot in the door. Right. If it wasn't for Jubal, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't have a career now. You guys met in comedy or not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I opened for him. I opened and I was just, it was my local club that I was going to all the time. And I lived like five minutes up the road. And so the owner was like, Hey, I need a host of this weekend. The guy canceled or whatever. Mm. And it was the radio guy, Jubal. And I'm like, cool. And so I opened, and I hosted for him. And that's how we like initially met. And he was just like, yeah, man, I like your, your energy. And I like your impressions and like your fun and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so he got me my audition. So I'll always be thankful. And I even told him that. I'm like, bro, you know, we'll always be cool. You know, I'm not looking to be your best friend or anything or, you know, jump back into some kind of like yeah. friendship, but I do appreciate this and da, 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 da. And I, you know, wish you well. And he said the same. So th yeah, yeah. things are good. You know, we all make mistakes in life, brother. And sure. again, though, I even told him this when we just texted recently that again, be when you left, it put me in an even better position, a more valuable position than radio. And mm -hmm. people were able to hear me more and go, this guy is kind of funny. Wait, he has great impressions. People used to do that when they come to our comedy shows all the time too. They thought, oh cute, Jose is trying comedy because Jubal is doing mm -hmm. comedy. They didn't know that I was a comedian first right. and that's what got me on the show. Yeah. So then they'd see me live and they'd be like, hey, you're actually funny, which I love that because mm -hmm. the bar set low, yeah. you know? Just like our morning show, you know, I'm not in the title. I'm not anyone important on the show so if i do a funny phone tap people i think tend to go who is that guy that he's funnier than i than people give him credit for mm -hmm. which i agree do you think i feel like the show is uh because i was listening back to some of the old um brook and jubal things compared mm -hmm. to now 
Yeah. And you you brought up family friendly multiple times. Do you feel like it's? I feel like it's more edgy now. Yeah. So Jubal was naturally edgy. Like he would naturally say things that were just a little off the cuff. Um, and I yeah. and I think that that is uh, something Jeff does naturally too. And that was another reason why they like having him because Jeff actually is more of a dark humor. Like the yeah. like the memes that we share and stuff off the air are dark. And oh, speaking of dark. Oh, let me. We cue the light. Let me see if I can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jeffrey has a similar type of dark humor. And I think that we are family friendly naturally because we're a top 40 radio show here in Seattle. Yeah. We are syndicated over 50 cities in the country. Yeah. So we're not in top 40 in all of them. But I think that uh, I think it's good when Jeff also is like remembers, hey, there's adults listening. Yeah. So it is funny to be a little bit edgy and suggestive. Like I love making dirty jokes that kids don't get. Yeah, like you know horrible. what I mean? Like I feel like now the show is more like sexual, but like, se- yeah, it's funny in a way. Well, and so remember Jeffrey on our show. If you did listen back in the day, we, we always like made fun of Jeff sexually all the time. It was like he'd come in for a song of the week and the person would yeah. be like, just go in there with your shirt off, bro. Who yeah. cares? And he'd just walk up and we're always joking about him stopping at truck stops. And, you know, it's always like a running joke of like Jeffrey's kind of like a horny, slutty guy. Like, it's really funny. <laughs> That's another thing. Are but you... we don't say it like that. You know, it's always suggestive. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, we found Jeffrey. He was late this morning. Someone was behind the Walmart dumpsters again with <laughs> yeah. that one homeless guy. You know, so I think that they like to keep it sexual in a sense. Right. Like, silly. But he's married, right? Or is he? Yeah. No, yeah. So he's not... No, no, no. He's, he's not, not gay. gay. No. Okay, and, what and about this? No, I his have... best friend in the world is gay. It's not you? like... <laughs> no, I'm not gay. <laughs> hey, that's okay. But we are we are a very, very openly accepting show. Fuck yeah, but... We really are. What about the... Oh, my God. I've been wanting to ask you about the... Um... What about the confused cowboy episode? What's that one? The confused cowboy episode. Oh, when... oh, my gosh. The girl couldn't tell that the guy was gay. The entire time, and then she's like, Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> so what but is see, <laughs> what, what's that? So again, that's a, a funny opportunity to in the moment. Remember, you're on the air. Yeah, yeah. Like you are recording. We know. So if a funny moment's happening, you gotta run towards it. Yeah. You know, so if a guy hits on me on the air, I'm gonna be like, Oh, hey there, buddy. I don't swing that way, but I got a short swing. Right. I don't know. I just make something stupid yeah, yeah. because it's funny. And if the editors think it's funny, they'll leave it in. If they want to edit it out, they don't, you know? Yeah. And those moments would always happen with Jeff. And it was like, well, Jeff, are you, well, maybe let's talk off the air, but you know, they never talk off the air. They yeah. don't get together. You know, yeah. it's people ask me that too. There's a second update where the girl wanted to, it was like literally tricked us to get on the phone with me. Mm-hmm. Cause she's like, I have a huge crush on Jose. I've been to his comedy shows. I think he's amazing. Please go on a date with me. And I'm like, okay, we'll talk off air. Yeah. And then off air, they're like, yo, here's her number. And I'm like, I'm not going to know, you know, like, so that's for entertainment. We're still an entertainment show. We're right. an, we're a comedy show. We are produced. Uh, so, so yeah. I will say I've never seen like a, like a, like a gay, um, what's it called? Second date update. Is that purposeful or not? Like, cause I feel like there are things that radio has to do to be PC, a, a PC or a, no, are appealing to a wider audience. Sure. So, yeah. like, sure, here in Seattle, like, so we have Cap Hill and everything. Like, I have oh, yeah. of gay friends or whatever. It doesn't open matter. Open community But I'm, here, I'm yeah. wondering if, if that is, like, a decision to not have, like, 
gay you know, couples on to that's that's not a decision that is more syndication so we have done gay second date updates with jubal on brook and jubal mm -hmm. we have done ones where we recorded it and they weren't funny enough to air with right. jubal mm -hmm. um so they are a little more rare i uh we've aired one or two of them but i do i do i think that the reasoning behind that is a, we just, it just doesn't happen as much, right? Like mm. the, the one person doesn't answer or, you know, it's still in Seattle. It's very common out right. here and it's open and, and accepted. We're in 50 different markets. So nobody maybe in other markets, and this is just a more of a political Let's say Utah, Statement. Alabama. Yeah, we are in Utah. We're in like Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a lot of these places where I would assume that if you are gay, you're either not out or you don't want your voice on the radio to yeah. talk to people or you already dealt with the drama one and two. What I'm getting at, though, is it has nothing to do with with hate. I do think that um, it just happens less. And I do remember at least two of them being like, oh, cute. Like, it's a gay couple. And then it just wasn't funny. Like, it right. was like, fuck you, fuck you, you're an asshole. No, you're a piece of shit. Okay, da-da-da. It's like, that's not funny. Right. You know, we look for, like, what is what happened that was creative that we haven't heard before? It wasn't just, right. this guy had bad breath. It was like, this guy took me to Cheesecake Factory and stole four slices of cheesecake in my purse yeah. and didn't tell me. And you're like, what? Like, that's what we want. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's definitely not a hateful thing. And that that's something that Jubal actually brought up. Um, when he like was trying to attack our show and stuff, but it, it's also funny because like we've been in the pride parade every year. I've been in a float for years, you know, and he's never been to one. Like, and again, I'm not saying anything about him either. Yeah. I believe we all accept, you know, we we're all accepting. We all have friends and family, you know, literally all of us have friends and family members that are gay. And uh, so, yeah, because we've, we've had that talk where it's like people have asked that before and it's like, Oh no, it's nothing to do with mm -hmm. Anything like that. So I just have a. F I do want to focus on like your background, but I just get, I um geek out about radio. So I just have a, I just have like <laughs> two good. or more, like a couple more questions in in radio, and then I want to focus on like your background more. Okay. But um, also another thing that I think about is, are there ever like dark things that you just can't air? Because with a lot of second date <laughs> updates, they're, they're all silly. I can't. I I have to imagine there's had to be in a yeah. situation where someone yeah. like something fucked up happened we we have had dark moments but our show is very well produced there's a screening process got it so before you ever make it on the air you're you've been talking to our producer at least a little couple emails back and forth so we know you will be available at this time mm -hmm. to start the call things like that and we have to ask what's the nature so like a second date would probably never get that dark but like awkward tuesday or something it may be like hey my What's your phone call? We get on the line and, and they're like, oh, or they talk to the producer through email and it's like, I want to tell my long lost person or, or, you know, that their grandma died, you know, or something. And yeah. then, then we wouldn't do that. So right. things are screened. I'm trying to remember like the saddest thing on the air. I thought that one time we did reunite somebody 
with their like law like with their dad or with a family member and it was like i can at least promise to try and call you or something and i remember all of us were tearing up you know yeah. but um yeah i think anything that's really serious even like phone tabs people will be like dude tell my mom i fucking died in a car accident <laughs> and we're like no dog that's not funny i don't care if i have an accent or any or a character yeah um so yeah good good thing we do get screened people get screened multiple times so that makes sense and mm-hmm. then last radio question is so you do have a fourth mic now, Alexis. Yeah. What is how does that work into like the radio station? Is it because like you guys are looking for like someone that's younger that brings something to the station or like what is That was a plus. So we've actually been looking. It's been on our website since before Jubal left. We used to have Lydia on our show hmm. and I was the fourth mic. She was the third mic. And then Lydia um left. They didn't renew Lydia. She just didn't work with the show apparently. It didn't work out. I was not involved in any of that. Um, they kind of just told me one day and I felt awful. Like they were just like, Hey, go home right now. And I was like, what? No, I'm not done. They're like, no, go home. We're letting Lydia go. I was like, what? Damn. No, like, you know, it just happens in radio, you know? And they just didn't renew the contract. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you got fired. It just means they didn't get rehired, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Alexis came in looking for a social media job. And for literally four years, maybe five years, we've had that on open fourth mic position mm-hmm. right and we've hoped it was going to be another girl mm-hmm. but also me brooke and jubal were doing so good us three and jeffrey doing the song of the week once a week it's like we were still winning on our own it's like why we're not in a rush yeah. you know so we auditioned a bunch of people like we we probably had five or six people in for even final third interviews testing mm-hmm. like after the show coming in talking with us seeing how the chemistry is there's even uh someone that we made an offer to Dude, it improved her career. She was a she was a afternoon girl in Detroit. Okay, tons of personality, really cool, just badass. Like, just mm. uh, love her vibe. Came in, nails it. Is funny, plays off of us. Oh my god, this is the girl. And this again, shout out to her, helped her career. We sent her an offer, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to be on a morning show, like a, na- a big morning show. This is great." So she goes to her bosses and says, "Hey." Seattle offered me this blank in this contract. I'm I'm leaving. And they go, we want you to stay here. And she's like, well, you guys got to pay me more. Yeah, That's leverage, baby. So they yeah. go, we'll match it or we'll pay you more or whatever. And she was already in her hometown. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, it's like, do I move across the country or do I stay where I am and I love and I want to be? Mm-hmm. Duh, anybody would have stayed. So yeah. we lost her because we were like, oh no, but good for her. And she's amazing. Um, and, uh, Anyway, and so when Alexis came in, she was just looking for a social media job. So we hired her literally just to post the podcast on the moving and post pictures and stuff on the moving and mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of work with promotions kind of here and there, but not even a full time gig. Like it's part time. Yeah. And, the, you know, and then she was like just fun to be around and she was funny. And so we were like, let's bring her in for like one break. And her, you know, ditziness. <laughs> like lovability was really funny and the age thing exactly yeah. what you said she i think it helped her that she was her age because i was always well jeffrey technically has always been the baby on the show mm. but we're all in our mid-30s now yeah so we're getting older you know and we're still on a top 40 station now that's yeah. still cool a lot of stations still have 40s people in their 40s and 50s talking to taylor swift mm. but it seems less authentic and cool when you're like all right now like elvis duran in new york you yeah. know now you're listening to you know fucking fetty wop what's his name <laughs> you know like you know i don't know you know anyway <laughs> I'm dead. so uh so yeah so i i think we we tried her out for a couple of things 
and we really liked her. And then we we had a power. That was a decision that I was involved in where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. she's actually fun and we can keep her on to help with editing and podcasting, mm-hmm. but we can actually hire her on full time for the show and it would actually help her and give her more hours. So we have more help from her. Yeah. And also um, we I brought her out to do the street segments with me mm-hmm. and she had no idea what she was doing and she's a lot better now. I've trained like multiple people for that job. Yeah. I, I, that's just something I naturally am good at is just talking to people and improving. So I remember, you know, I at first started out by telling her like everything to say, like she's just, like interviewing somebody and I'm like in her ear and I'm like, what, what, what are your plans for the day? What are your plans for the day? And they're like, Oh no, going to the bus. Like, okay, why are you going to the bus? Why are you going to the bus? You know, like that's yeah. kind of how it worked. And now she's really good. Yeah. She starts to know it better herself. She'll look to me for maybe like something funny to say, but she can really guide people more and everything. But anyway, we just realized she was very valuable and we all adored her and signed her to a one-year deal. Wow. And then that year, our show kept doing really well. And we are, you know, in the this is in the middle of the transition. She never met Jubal. Right. So this is the middle of the transition where we, you know, our lead hosts change. But I think it was good for her because, like, hey, we're going to do a lot of changes. We might as well shift here, shift here, add another person, you know, move Jose up a little bit. You know, let's just do it all now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just grown with the show. It's great. Mm-hmm. Damn it. The fucking light. Give we're going to lose second. the lights. So, yeah. So now Alexis is a big part of our show and um she is a full-time member and again it's <laughs> she just got lucky like she didn't come in being like i want to be a radio star mm-hmm. right but i think i like that like it's it was her chemistry with us that was more yeah you know and she's a good work ethic you know which mm-hmm. you know anybody you know she can you can hey go edit this or go show up here and it's the same way for me even though you know sometimes i can be freaking lazy as hell um i still want to do everything that's asked of me you know i want the show to be good so even if they say hey i was like write a tease for this segment and it takes me fucking 10 tries and i cannot write anything funny eventually maybe they'll accept one thing and they'll like it and i feel like i'm contributing so yeah she contributes a lot especially in ways like that she's good at writing teases Mm -hmm. she's good at editing things like there's things behind the scenes so um yeah good for her and i hope she i hope she continues with us for a while yeah that's that's it's interesting how like you can still find your place in like radio. Yeah. And that podcasting isn't the only thing. Like, I feel like it is competing. Like, you see, even like this is, I guess, I know you guys are very different than like um, Charlemagne's show. But, yeah. like, you know, like what they do, like they post their stuff on YouTube and like you're posting on podcasts, but like you're finding a way to make it a. Uh, is symbiotic the right word? I don't yeah, know. I think so. I know what you mean. Like, their show does feel like a podcast, like a celebrity interview powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Same with Elvis Duran in those shows. Mm-hmm. And that's also what differentiates our show is we do not even do celebrity interviews. Mm-hmm. We do when we're forced to, which is a good thing. It means a big celebrity's in town. And they're like, no, like Justin Bieber wants to come by the studio. We're yeah. like, okay, Justin Bieber's coming by. I heard about your or like, story. Or yeah, oh segue. God, that's an old one, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, like um, Lizzo's going to do an interview, but it's going to be a Zoom interview. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we'll do stuff like that. But um, in general, we do podcast everything, YouTube, TikTok, mm-hmm. all that. But I agree. I think our show still feels like a radio show when you're watching mm-hmm. our stuff, even our TikToks and our silly trendy videos and stuff that we do we're just having fun at work and i think people just like that like they like to live you know through us so are you i've never known are you from washington are you from seattle that's another thing i'm the hometown boy like no one is from here so on the show 
I feel like I'm I'm ground roots, bro. I'm yeah. from Tacoma. Yeah. I went to Stadium High School, class of 04, go Tigers, you know what I'm saying? And um yeah, man, born and raised in Washington, never lived anywhere else. So I'm the hometown kid that people are like, oh, good for you, Jose. I went to high school with him. And like that's another thing is Bro, I don't think I I beefed with anyone in high. Like all the people I run into from my past are nice as fuck. Yeah, you know I'm sure people hate the hell out of me and I'm annoying or something. Ugh. But the people that I meet, old high school people, I'll even be like, I was at a wedding recently, and there are these girls that I'm like, oh hi, I recognize <laughs> you in my head. I'm like, I don't fucking remember your name yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. You were two classes below me. I'm like, God. And one of them literally is like, Do you remember my name? And I'm like. No. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, I feel so bad. But we were still talking and friendly the rest of the night. And she still is like, hey, I just want you to know I support you. I listen. I tell everyone to listen. And I'm like, that is so nice of people. Like, yeah. you know, people actually want to support and, and be like, I remember Jose from high school. I want to support him. Or I used to work with him or whatever. So I feel like I, I help the show in that sense because I'm a ground roots guy. So were you like a cool, were you a nice kid in high school? Or were you... I feel like I was, I was like, the best way to describe me is I was like on ASB, so you know, like one of those kids. Kind of so kind of like, kind of weird. I wasn't a nerd, right? Like I wasn't like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> get on straight Ave. Uh, but I was also like very social. Yeah, yeah. I knew everybody. Yeah. And I would say I was popular in a sense, not maybe cool, but I was popular. Like right. everybody knew who I was, you know, oh, yeah. they, or they heard my laugh or whatever, or they knew, oh yeah, Jose in student council. But I also played football. I was in choir. I was like involved You're in a in lot choir? of things. Yeah, I was in choir, bro. My whole oh, my life goodness. I was a singer. So in choir since I was in like church when I was in first grade. What? Yeah, dude, I love music. So so yeah, I was in everything in drama, you know, wow. like I did a play. So I just dabbled in, and obviously now looking back, the theater and the arts were my favorite and mm. sports. Um, so, you know, my grades weren't amazing, but they weren't bad. Uh, but I think I was just like a social butterfly. Huh. I wasn't cool. I didn't like slay any girls, you know, <laughs> like, oh yeah, this guy just gets all the <laughs> puss, you know, it was, that was not me. Uh, my high school crush, like never, you know, Never liked me back kind yeah. of thing, you know, flirted with me, but, you know, but at the same time, yeah, I just wanted to make people laugh. That's, that's how I've been my whole life. And that, that was when people first started telling me I should be a comedian was in high school. Damn. And I remember being like, no, dude, I'm not, I don't write jokes. I'm just like funny when we talk. Like yeah. I like to just talk to people. Yeah. And then eventually years later, it was like, maybe I should try this. Like I have a lot of funny thoughts. What'd you want to do? Like what were, what were your goals out of high school? Like, did you go to college? Do you have a job you wanted to get? <laughs> Bro, out of high school. Wow. Before I even, before I thought about stand-up comedy, out of high school, I went to community college for one semester to Tacoma Community College, and then I dropped out, got a serving job, and was like, I'm going to serve for a year. You know, everyone's like, I'm going to take a year off, and mm -hmm. you know you're really not. You're just never going to go back. Yeah. Um, and I was really into restaurants, which is why I'm a foodie still to this day. Okay. But I thought I was going to either own a restaurant or be a server at, like, the top nicest restaurants you had like canless. Oh yeah. Like I was obsessed with restaurants, brother. Like even looking at this painting right here, the wine, yeah. I took wine classes, Shit. whiskey tasting classes. I, I didn't just want to be a server. I wanted to be fine dining. So mm -hmm. I served at Anthony's for a while, Stanley and Seaforts in Tacoma. And I was learning from these chefs and other servers and wine tastings, like how to be a formal server. So I remember before I got into comedy and switched my view, one of the last things I was looking into was, 
I thought in a like wine magazine or some kind of magazine, there was some kind of like ranking system for mm -hmm. servers. And I wanted to be like ranked. Like I wanted to be like, that'd be so cool if I was like the number 10 server, number one server, you know, That's insane. It, it's so insane, <laughs> but I was so into it, bro. I was like, dude, I, I, you know, my dad always taught me like Jose, no matter what you do in life, you have to be the best. So if you want to be janitor, be the best janitor and own the janitor company. Mm. So in my head, I've always been full force at whatever I do. Right. Mm. I'm like, I'm just going to be the best at it. I'm going to be as best as I can at it. So yeah, it's funny to look back because I don't even think there is a ranking system, but I remember looking into it. Like, so there was like one page where it was like, this man is the number five ranked server in New York or like on the Michelin star. So I think there was something about the Michelin system. So I bet you I would have probably moved to New York, San Francisco, LA, and been like a snooty like server that makes a thousand dollars a night. Like I'd be serving celebrities. You know what I mean? Like this is foie gras from a, uh, you know, blankety blank flown in from Switzerland and you're paying a thousand. So I was really into that. And then in the middle of my serving career is when I finally tried my first open mic. And then that changed everything. That was like, Oh, Oh no, no, no. This is what I, I'm going to make people laugh. Like, cause I used to make people laugh serving too. Like I loved being a personable guy, but it was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like I, I, I truly remember the moment I, I thought of this too. When I, I asked myself like, dude, literally I've never asked myself this question. If you're on your deathbed, what would you regret? Like you're looking back and like what you never tried. And then I was like, if I could do anything in the world, anything, and there is no limits and no one could stop me, what would I do? And I literally was like, I would literally make people laugh for a living and just make a bunch of money doing that. And then I started to think of all the avenues, like stand-up comedy. And then I was like, oh, and then it sprouted another dream, which is still a dream of mine, is, oh, I could be a cartoon character someday. Yeah. It's like to voice, like be a voice actor. Oh, that'd be awesome and whatever. Um, I never thought I'd be in radio. I never, that was not one of my brainstorms even. It was either TV, Netflix, you know, I'm gonna, you know, or I'm just gonna be a touring national comedian and just make money and, and you know, get onto SNL or, you know, something's gonna happen. And yeah, Jubal asking that. And I, I'd always just said, I wanna make millions of people laugh and make a good living doing it over and over in my head. Like, please, I remember even auditioning, driving in the mornings, crying, like literally crying up from faith. Like, please, like, let this work out for me, man. Like, if I could just make people happy, like, that would, that's all I want. Like. I don't want to be greedy in life, God, you know, and I'm not a big religious guy, but I just want to be like comfortable, successful. And I want my life's work to be humor and comedy. And I want people to remember me as like, he made me smile. And so once radio happened, I was like, this is a fuck the fucking same answer. Damn. I can reach all these people just like I thought. Maybe they don't see me, but they'll know my voice and whatever. And yeah, dude, 12 years later, I'm still on the show and still doing comedy and doing Twitch. You know, it's almost like I'm adding on to it. And the show has grown yeah. in syndication too. So that's what you gotta do as long as you keep having goals. Yeah. And I think it was weird how, you know, you, I, I manifested everything, which everybody does. You know, I, I'm a big believer in that. But it's so weird how I almost like vague manifested like i didn't say i'm like the things that i have said that are on point is i'm gonna have my name in the title of a show someday mm -hmm. i don't know if that's gonna be the show that i'm on doesn't seem like it title of this yeah i'll be in the title of this show let's go <laughs> <laughs> no i mean you have to change the podcast to the jose podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. no but but anyway no i uh yeah but when i vague manifested like let me be let me make millions laugh 
just let me spread laughter and be successful. I didn't know that I was also including radio in that. And I truly believe I manifested it without universe was like, Oh, well, you know, we're not going to throw you a Netflix special, but there's an audition for this local show. And then the show blew up. So it's pretty crazy. I feel like I have that story. Like Jennifer Aniston's like, I was a server and got picked out of a restaurant. Like I was literally a server and Jubal was like, Hey, or the comedy club, not even Jubal was like, Hey, you want to open for this guy? And then he was like, you want to audition for my show? And I'm like, all right, now I have a career. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Cause I feel like I've almost been like, uh, <coughs> too focused on what I've wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now like I've got this, and this is like one of my goals for like, this was like my five year goal and I got it before. So now I have to figure out like my next goals of what I want to do. But it's interesting to, you want to have like, I guess your end goal can be vague and that's how things keep happening. Yeah. Some people's end goals is a number. Some people say, I want to have $100,000 in my checking account that I can see and touch. Some people are like, I only want to do this for three years. And no matter what, if it's successful or not, I'm going to move on. They challenge themselves. So I think everybody has obviously a different path. Um, I think you're obviously on the right one, bro. I mean, right now, if I was you, I would focus on the success of the podcast. How, how often am I going to do this? Where am I going to clip it? You're going to learn so much by failing like anything, which sucks, but yeah, well the lights or like not even that, like you may, you may put out a two and a half minute clip of this and it goes great. And then you start just two and a half minute clips on everything. And the rest of them fucking suck. And you realize, shit, I only need minute clips. No one's going to watch I got lucky that one time, you know, or vice versa. It's like a 30 second clip. And you realize by doing 30 second clips, people are now clicking and downloading the podcast more. Yeah. I'm only going to do 30 second clips. Like you're just going to learn from experimenting, you know? It is interesting though. Cause like now in this day and age, a lot of people's values are numbers, but I feel like that's because of social media. Yeah, dude. Like I feel like if you wanted to, <laughs> I love what you're saying right now. Well, in the 80s and 90s was, was was the prime. That's when like DJs and jocks were millionaires. Like when you were and they're still millionaires, don't get me wrong, some of the big ones. Um but I yeah, I think you need to let it come to you, bro. And um oh, there was a point that I had there where you were saying I was like you're spitting. I love I loved what you were saying was um shoot, maybe it was the end goal. Gosh, I, I have the worst short-term memory. I smoke too much weed. <laughs> That's good. I just. That's so funny. I would have never expected to smoke weed too. I guess now, like talking. Yeah. yeah. Well, and people think I'm always high. They're like, "Is that why you're always laughing? Are you just stoned all the time?" I'm like, "No, I could never smoke at work." Dude, people think I'm always high. The last time I did anything was like last March. Oh really? Yeah, you seem like you smoke, dog, dude. I know. You could have so told me funny. you were high. It's just your eyes when you smile. <laughs> I know. I got the. My I, buddy Tristan's the same. He he's like the same complexion as you, my yeah. old roommate. And dude, he was the same. Like he he'd smile, and people <laughs> think he's high all the time. Yeah, the last time I was high was at um I was going to do like this tour in um, Alaska, mm-hmm. and I took my friend Joe, who's not in comedy or music or anything. He's a mechanic, mm-hmm. and like I I think it's important because. For the past four years, all my friends have become just like artists or creatives. So mm-hmm. it's cool to have people that are just like everyday Joes. Yeah, a know? normal person but in your Joe, life. Like Joe loves, he's been on the podcast actually, and he loves to smoke and like he does like every day. And we were at the airport going to Alaska and he's like, hey, do you want to try this edible drink? And I'm like, sure, okay. Uh-oh. And I thought he drank, he's like, I'm going to drink ha- more than half and then you could have the rest. 
So I thought I was going to have like 10 milligrams. Yeah, which then, is like the minimum basic. Yeah, so that's what I thought. And then I don't realize until we land in Alaska that I had taken like 30 milligrams and I was like losing my shit. And I think- On the plane? Yeah, dude. And what was crazy- Oh, I, I hate that. I wasn't like a Karen or anything. I was just like spiraling in my- You were just like having a panic yeah. attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck, I'm so or, high. Like, before even getting on the plane, we had done it, right? And the bathroom was like at the end of the hall. And I was like, dude, I'm too high to go to the bathroom because I feel like if I go to the bathroom, I'm going to get lost and never make it to the <laughs> It was the most crazy shit. And Joe was so high that he fell asleep on the, I think it's called the tarmac or oh. whatever it's called, the fucking the strip before you even leave, right? Oh, yeah. And this yeah. was last March, was all those on ice the runway. Oh, yeah, on the other tarmac, same thing. They were like all the, there was like all the ice storms last March. So they had to de ice the plane and yeah, shit. Yeah. So he fell asleep. The flight was like, I think a four hour flight or something, four yeah. to seven hours. And he fell asleep on the tarmac for that four to seven hours, whichever it was. And I think it's like four, up, four and a half, depending on where you flew. And he woke up and the plane still hadn't taken off. <gasps> so, so he, he was like, wait, what? Yeah, so he was high, waking up still. He was like, are we in Alaska yet? I'm like, dude, we haven't even left yet. And the entire time, I'm just like losing my shit. No. And he's like conked out. Bro, yeah. that's, that's awful. I didn't realize that. Like, yeah, because normally I get super stunned before flights. Yeah. So I can fall asleep and wake up. It's amazing. You, you sleep dude. before takeoff, and then you wake up as you're descending, and you're like, oh, cool. We're in LA, or we're in Vegas, or wherever. Like, yeah, dude, but I, I understand now. Like, I don't. I kind of understand, but I'm not saying what he did was good. But you know the guy that fucking took shrooms in Seattle? And yeah, like, dog, and then tried to take over the plane? Yeah, Fuck. obviously don't do that. Do not. But, like, I understand, like, freaking out now on <laughs> yeah. a plane. He I, was on a different level of yeah. freaking out, too, bro. Mushrooms is different, dog. I always thought that, like, people were exaggerating that you don't, some people shouldn't smoke or be on a plane yeah. or whatever. But I'm like, I guess you real you are in a fucking tight. I I've had panic people. attacks on plane where I'm too high, and I've also had just moments where I'm like, I'm so happy I'm stoned right now. <laughs> like I'm like perfectly high. Like I'm watching a movie. I got my snacks. I feel Damn. fucking great, dude. Like so, I've had those moments too. Damn. So I'll ask you one more question before I say that. I just want to say like you seriously, you were like one. You still are one of my idols. Like I oh, listened to. I listened to you guys since I was like ten years old or younger even. That's amazing. That's that's the beauty, I'll say, of radio to me has been being in the same market for 12 years now. um, And I'm signed for a few more. So you're going to get me for at least three more years. Um, That's something I never expected is when people come up to me and they're like, dude, I've like grown up with you. Yeah, man. And I'm like, what do you and. Because when you listen to radio, when it becomes your morning routine, just like a TV show being your nightly routine, episode after episode, you get to know the characters and you get to love and adore them. And I've always said this about fans is like fans are just friends that I haven't met yet because they know me and they enjoy me. They all if a fan doesn't like you, they're not going to come up to you and be like, hey, fuck you, asshole. I mean, maybe they will. (laughs) I haven't. I've had people be like, just so you know, I hate your fucking laugh, but like. You're a funny guy. And I'm like, dude, it's okay. I appreciate that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that people genuinely grow with you. Just like when I was a kid and I listened to Jackie M. Bender and I listened to the T-Man in the morning yeah, out yeah. here and shit. Like, So now when I meet people, like this is a great example. I'm a huge Seattle Sounders fan, mm-hmm. right? And I've become friends with Jordan Morris. Yeah, he went to my high school. Yeah, yeah Mercer Island. Mm-hmm. And 
I remember, I forgot the first time I hit him up. I think I made a donation to his foundation once I found out he was a type 1 diabetic. I'm a type 2 diabetic, but I was like, yo, diabetes, bro. Like, <laughs> And then he reached out and thanked me, and then I told on Instagram, and I was like, oh, dude, that's really nice of you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't need to thank me. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm a big fan. I love the Sounders, whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, dude, are you kidding me? I'm a fan of yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, I listen to you every morning Damn. through going through high school. And me and Christian, Christian Roldan, also on the team. Next thing you know, we're all playing Fortnite together. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, bro, when you did this, when you did that, I still remember the day you got a contract. And I'm like, dude, I remember your goal, and I remember this. And so it's crazy that, like, they grew with me. And so it's a full circle moment because I went to Jordan Morris's camp now. I'm involved in his soccer camp now. Like, he's a homie. And he comes, and actually, I'll go to Sounders matches, and I like to be on the field. And he'll come up to me after it's like being courtside and say what up to me. And people are like, "What the fuck?" Like he <laughs> runs from the field, like, "Yo, what up, dog?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "Ah," oh, and I makes me feel hella cool. Yeah. Um, but I remember I just did his soccer camp, so I got to meet his mom and sister and dad for the first time. And his sister was like. I'm not kidding you. We listen to you every It's crazy that we're meeting you. So it is cool because, you know, I will never think that I'm some celebrity. I'm always going to be that server that's got a lucky, a lucky break. But it's an honor, my yeah. guy, to hear that I'm someone's idol or that <laughs> or that, you know, you can rely on me for humor or entertainment because that has been my life's goal. And this is my life's work. And one day I'm going to be gone. Yeah. And hopefully all y'all are, are watching this podcast and saying, ah, that guy was fucking great, you know? Yeah. But to, to know that I'm touching people's lives. And that just reminded me of what yeah. I forgot before. This is a good thing to end on. You had said focusing on the numbers. Yeah. And that's something I've never, ever done. And I think that's the key to my success. I don't want this to sound like I'm bragging. So if I do, don't listen to this part. <laughs> I, my mom, when I was a kid, you know, my dad told me, be the best, whatever you can be. And my mom, I'll never forget this combo one day in the car. I was like, mom, what if I don't make a lot of money? What if I did a, my mom was like, Jose, you do what you love for a living. The money will follow. Yeah. I have faith. You're going to make a lot of money someday. I don't know how, but I wouldn't worry about it. Just let it come to you. That always stuck with me, bro. Yeah. So my goal has never been to be a millionaire. Now, I want to be a millionaire. I love money. Okay, I'm not going to lie. But I've only, only, only focused on making people happy. Make as many people laugh as you can. Focus on my impressions. Show up. Work ethic. Be funny and be spontaneous and funny because that's what I add to the show mm-hmm. is I can be spontaneous. I mean, all of us can, but I, I tend to do it the most because I'm the funny guy. I'm the comedian, whatever. And I'm bouncing off the walls and they probably edit half the shit I say out <laughs> anyway. Um, but I believe the key to my success has been the the actual, oh God, I feel like I'm bragging so hard, the purity of my intent, which is make people happy. I want to feel, and this is actually a selfish industry yeah. to be a comedian. Because I want to feel like, ten, look at me, I'm funny, pay attention to me. Mm. And in my heart, I think I'm spreading laughter, but my head is like, I love attention. Mm. So it's a weird cycle, but I've never been like super focused on the money, even during contract negotiations when I tell my agent, yo, I want this much more. I, I really think this is what I'm worth. And he's like, I don't think we're going to get that. And I think at this point, we should be happy with this. And I'm, And then I always, always think back and go, I remember that kid crying in my car for my audition, borrowing $5 from Jubal to eat that day, like dead broke. Mm -hmm. And now look at me 
complaining. Like, look at you're paying your bills. You drive a car that you've always wanted to drive. You live in an apartment that you think that I love a beautiful apartment in Seattle, new one. Like, you know, it's, and I'm going to buy a home someday. I just don't need one. But what I'm trying to say is I think the success and the money that has come to me through syndication and through comedy and even on Twitch, like in, in streaming, um, it's never, I'm never go on air or go live or go on stage or go on Twitch and go, I, I need to make at least $200 during this stream or, you know what I mean? I'm always just like, how fucking funny. I hope I can make these people laugh. And the next thing you know, oh, I made $500. And you're like, oh, fuck, this yeah. is great, you know? Or, dude, that Muckleshoot show, again, not trying to brag, I haven't done comedy in so long. Um, but they were like, we know you do a good show, and I knew I could do a good show, and I'm like, I can host it, and blah, blah, blah. And it came to the point where they literally were like, look, we're just going to pay you this much money, a crazy amount of money to host they're paying me headliner more than like headliner money, like really good headlining money. But all we want you to do is host it. Yeah. We want to put your face on it and we want you to talk about it on the air, blah, 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 blah. So again, that mom theory, it made me reminded me of that. Okay. The money came to me. Yeah. And then for me, I'm like, oh, 10 minutes. Sure. I'm comfortable with that. I'll make everybody laugh at 10 minutes. I ended up doing 20 minutes, but I'm saying in general, mm-hmm. Focus on doing what you want. So for you, what is, you know, whatever your focal is, do I want to bring the people of Seattle and the world? Like, do I want to bring the world people of Seattle? Do I want to showcase Seattle talent, Mm -hmm. music or celebrities or comedians only or all of it? Can people rely on the NAS podcast? Um, Or do you want numbers, which we said maybe you shouldn't focus on or, you know, whatever your goal is or four groupies? Yeah. Right. At least four groupies after this episode. Okay. Yeah. That, that maybe we would talk about numbers and then, you know, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can add the Y and it's the nasty podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There you go. I'm dead. You, you nailed, that was actually like my final question is like, you, you answered the final question with even without even. Oh really? What was it? Usually it's like, what is your final advice for up and coming artists? Oh, but you, you nailed it. I would say, I would say do what I did. Yeah. Ask yourself, no limits, no challenges. Let's say everything in life is easy. It's a genie wish. Yeah. What do I want to do? Not, not, I want to win the lottery and be lazy because that's yeah. my fucking real goal. Like yeah, if yeah. I could you give me a billion right now, find me and my family on a private jet somewhere. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going to take care of my people. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I had to do anything for work, like anything, bro, like I was even thinking competitive eater. I love food. Like, what if I fucking ate food for a living? There's people that make millions of dollars eating fucking food, you know? So I think you need to unlock your brain, maybe smoke again, not 30 (laughs) milligrams, okay? Maybe (laughs) maybe just take a puff of a joint and really be like, honestly, what do I fucking love? Like, even if the answer is Mickey fucking Mouse, I'm not kidding. And you're like, like, I'm going to Disney. I want to be a Mickey Mouse performer. Or I want to do a Disney podcast about Mickey Mouse. And maybe this transforms into you're the number one Disney podcast. (laughs) But that's what I think you got to do, bro. And don't focus on the money. Know that if you're going to be successful in anything from OnlyFans to being a Lego brick builder, success is success. Just be the best at it, bro. And money will fucking follow, man. Fuck yeah, man. And with that, what are, where's the easiest way for people to find you? Where's oh, your station? All that stuff. I am hilarious, Jose, on absolutely everything: Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Twitter, or X, whatever the fuck you want to call it now. <laughs> um, 
Snapchat, ladies. All right. Hilarious Jose. And uh, my biggest ask is twitch.tv slash hilarious Jose and kick.com. Kick is my main streaming site. It is really cool. It is just like Twitch. Um, so kick.com slash hilarious Jose. That'd be a big help. I have 3.3 thousand followers on Twitch and I only have like 290 followers on kick. So mm-hmm. Please help me there and listen to Brick and Jeffrey in the morning. Uh, we're not just on moving into 2.5. We're in over 50 cities. So go to brickandjeffrey.com to find out a city near you or just listen to our podcast, which is wildly successful. I don't want to shit on his podcast, but we uh, I'm we, trying. <laughs> we get a couple million downloads a month for a reason. And I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Okay. So download his podcast, too, though. OK, <laughs> that maybe no, no, that probably wasn't the best. Out. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. We're Hell good. yeah, man. This is this has been great. Seriously, like. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, man. You I were, appreciate you. You were actually man. the first ever guest I've ever had, so it's been a full circle moment. To, well, I will tell all the know. future guests how much fun it is, Hell and I will yeah. make sure uh, make sure we get you somebody else here, bro. And I'll share this on my socials. Hell yeah! This has been the NAS podcast with Jose Bolaños, and we did it. <laughs> cool.